God gave the books of law so the people who had lived in slavery all their lives could learn to live in freedom. The laws were not restrictive. They were guidelines to help slaves learn to think for themselves, but more importantly, to grow in their relationship with God. But along the way, those who professed to worship God chose to add to his laws, take away some of them, and adjust others. And thus began our restriction of freedom and in due course, distortion of truth. By the time Jesus came along, those laws were so detailed that people lost God in the minutia. So Jesus began to demonstrate the laws by his living in his parables and in his Sermon on the Mount. It's almost like he was telling us, the law is good, but don't be so much in it that you lose yourself in God. Let it be in your attitude so that the worship of God and how you treat others demonstrates God and his law to the world around you. Blessed are those who love God and respect those around, even those who don't believe like us. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. I pulled some guys together, and I would like for you all to just say hello and tell a little bit about yourself to everyone. Uh, start with me? Yes. Okay, I'll start. So I'm Robert Kennedy. I've got a wife and three kids, wow. 10, 7, and 5, so they keep me pretty busy every awesome. day. Awesome, awesome. So that's me. Awesome. Well, I'm Mtoka Fanguanya, and I have no wife and no children, <laughs> and I'm still pretty busy. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, my name is Marcellus Ashley. I have a wife and no children, thankfully, and I'm filling in. <laughs> awesome. So glad that you were able to fill in. Mutu, can you say the scripture for us and offer us prayer? Sure. So the scripture is going to be coming from Matthew, Matthew 5, 17, and 18. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, Till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass the law till all is fulfilled. That's Matthew 5, 17 and 18. And if we could just do a prayer. Awesome, please. Okay. Dear Father in heaven, I just ask that as we gather here, we are able to understand and dive into this, to this Sabbath school lesson. Allow the words that we speak to be pronounced clearly and, and allow us to just stay focused on what we are here to do. In your precious name I do pray. Amen. 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 So guys, Christ, the law, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is a whole lot of things, mm -hmm. right? It's a pretty big chapter. <clears throat> right. What basically is it saying to you? Just to start off, just in general, what is what are some of the principles that you see in it? What I was seeing is there's a, so I looked at it sort of as a, as a challenge for that, G, that Jesus had. So there's a mountain and with every mountain you'll either have to cross through it or go, go through or go through the mountain or go over it. Mm -hmm. So I think this, this speech or this sermon was really, I think it was a defining moment in his, in his word where he was actually able to tell folks exactly what is, what is he here for. So he was able to explain to the Pharisees, explain to the scribes, like, this is why I am here, but I'm not here, just like the scripture said, I'm not here to take away any of the teachings, but I'm here to ful fulfill. I think that's, that's what it means to me. Mm. Okay. Pretty good. Any other thoughts on that? 
What do you have to say? Yeah, I think it, 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 it's kind of a hope almost. That when you think about the, the Beatitudes at, at the beginning of that mm -hmm. and Jesus really saying, uh, blessed are those mm -hmm. who are this, and then there's a promise offered after that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who, I'm a person who has a certain status or a certain way that I am in life. So here is this awesome leader now saying, look, there's nothing wrong with being a peacemaker or being meek because this is what's in store for you. So that's, that's a hope and a promise. That, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, some promises there. Yep. Amen. Amen for promises. So here's a question here. Why does it seem that we prefer having a list of things to tick off rather than to have our motives changed. And what I mean by that is that you said something key there. You said it's kind of like he's challenging us. So mm -hmm. in a way, within this, these verses here with his Sermon on the Mount, he's kind of challenging us to do some changes. Mm -hmm. um, and some of these changes may not just be able to be a check mark, mm -hmm. but it seems as if that we like to have check marks. <clears throat> What do you have to say, Marcellus? Why do we seem to like to want to have a check mark? It's easier is the first thing that comes to my mind. It's easier to, right. I can do something that I don't believe in or don't want to do, but I can do it. It's, it's simple. I can run a marathon if I wanted to, even though I don't really, I'm not health conscious, I could still do that. Mm -hmm. And please, whoever is asking me to do it, like it's not, I wouldn't have to believe in something in order to to just do it. Right. So with the checklist, it's just about getting something done, but there doesn't, there's not necessarily a buy-in. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we can, if you were going to run a marathon, you could check that off the list, but you may never run again. Mm -hmm. You may not really care. It may just be something that you're doing. What is the challenge with that, or what does that have to do kind of with the, what is the Sermon on the Mount really taking us with that? What, it, what is it doing regarding the checklist and our hearts? Well, I think there's some faith involved in that. I, I mean, a checklist, as, as Marcella said, is, is really a to-do list. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can wake up in the morning and my wife can say, hey, you know, honey-do list or whatever, here's a list of stuff that I want you to do, and I can just check them off. But if she wakes up and she just says, you know, I, I just want you to make me happy today, now I've got to think about some things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got to think about some actual principles. Gosh, what are the things that I've got to do in order to make her happy and uh, so within our Christian walk it's about what are the things that um, I can do to, to make Christ happy what's what's the what's the principle mm -hmm. that, that I can live by and that's not as easily uh, thought of always as, as it is to, to think of a checklist mm -hmm. and so the principles are then have to make us dig deeper yeah. and go into our hearts. Absolutely. Instead of just being here, now we have to connect the mind and the heart and make them come to match. Right. Okay, I see where you're going. In here, in the beginning, when Jesus first started talking, he, he said something. He's, he's saying that in Matthew 5, 17, Muto read at the beginning, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Why did... Jesus, why did his opponents think that he was coming to destroy the law? I think that's the, from what I've read, that's the nature of a Pharisee. You mm -hmm. know, the Pharisees, they were the keepers of the, of the law. So they were used to the checklist. You do this, you do this, you don't do this, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're the best at something or if you're the rec record keeper and someone challenges what you have to say, you're going to think that your job is at, is at jeopardy right. or person, your personal attributes may be at risk. 
So that's why he he tried to calm them down and say, "Hey, look, I'm not I'm not here to take your job. I'm not here to be a, a Pharisee. I'm here to fulfill what the what the what the prophecy has been saying." Hmm. Right. Any other thoughts on that? Because what was something that Jesus was offering? With all of his words, he was offering something that was a little bit different from the checklist. Mm -hmm. He was offering almost like a freedom. Mm -hmm. Right. Almost a relationship. A relationship. And in that relationship, what, what you, you said something there that they would feel that they were losing their job. What else would they feel that they might be losing through the freedom that Jesus was offering through a heart conversion? Some degree, they were losing um, control mm -hmm. over the people in, in in their district or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, if they could if they could say, "Look, you're not doing this type of thing," then they could either punish or they could weed people out or they could uh, cause to people to be outcasts mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. And again, that would they they would lose their position or their status if they were no longer able to do that. If there's some free way to gain uh, salvation or everlasting life or hope in some way rather than following the things that they laid out, that, that was threatening. Mm -hmm. And we like our statuses, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody does. I mean, nobody wants to be demoted right. in a way, yeah. but sometimes when things are placed in front of us, it's not necessarily de a demotion, but a new way of doing things. Right. And sometimes when you're talking about change especially, it may seem as if we're being demoted or we're losing some form of control, which I think that his, Jesus' his opponents were feeling. They're losing some sense of control, but in, in, the, in the truth, they're actually gaining. Mm. Because the freedom that was offered in this is really just talking about love. Like, he's talking about heart. But we're going to talk, we're going to get to that just okay. in just a little bit. Right. The way that Jesus was asking us to keep the law, mm. how was it different from what was previously offered by the Pharisees and the scribes? What were, they, what were some of the differences that we were seeing, that we see within there? I think like uh, Robert and Marcella said, you know, anybody can follow a checklist. So if you're not doing something, mm -hmm. you're not, you don't have any sort of affinity to it. So. He was actually telling them to, like I said earlier, get this relationship because he was offering them something that that they couldn't see before. Mm -hmm. Because as a scribe, you literally write all the rules out, you take the notes, et cetera, et cetera. And the mm -hmm. Pharisees check are that check and balance because they know the rules, they right. know they know what's going on. So I think he was telling these folks, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's right. let's dig your, your heels into mm -hmm. this and let's right. figure out what what else what else is happening so i think as you go through i mean he was explaining some of the bigger issues mm -hmm. but everything he everything jesus spoke about always tied to a personal relationship with, with right. the creator mm -hmm. not necessarily with him but with the creator right. which is which is what he consistently said but i think he also he also introduced the principle of of grace or mercy mm -hmm. into that at that point where where they were not used to that so we're talking about for instance the 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 story where jesus talked about um, if you saw somebody's donkey in a pit mm -hmm. on a sabbath day would you just leave it there so the pharisees yeah it was just a sabbath if if you do that you're breaking the sabbath and you're just out mm -hmm. but now he's introducing having mercy on your fellow man, and not even on your fellow man, on an animal, on something that we may not see as valuable in the same way. So now we've got, we've got a whole different concept that maybe they either were, were not used to or, again, just simply felt threatened by. Mm -hmm. 
Nobody likes change, right? Right. Nobody likes right. change. Change is, change is a little bit complicated. They've mm -hmm. been doing this thing. They, they kind of got it down to a science, right. almost. Correct? Because when you're thinking about it, they, you think about, let's, let's look at the commandments. The first four commandments were really scientific, like you, you did. You did. Um, you kept the Sabbath. You didn't do this. So when you have that, and now Jesus was almost kind of emphasizing the last six were really more about a heart and mind issue. Right. It was more about now you have to really think about it. It might not be something that somebody can see right away, right. but now you're really going into the effort into the place of love. Let me, um, let's, let's take a look again at Matthew 5, 17 to 20. Marcellus, can you read that for us again, please? Yeah. Um, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. hmm. So, what is he also... He's emphasizing the law, too. Mm -hmm. So he's not doing away with anything. Absolutely. He's still emphasizing the law. What does this tell us about some of the true obedience to the law? What is, what is then true obedience to the law? I think it starts with um, loving God or having looking for that relationship with God. And that, that is not based out of simply... I'm going to do a list and then the result will happen. I do the list because I already do that. I already, I already love. I already am willing to be obedient. I've got my own kids and I introduced myself as having three kids mm -hmm. at the beginning. And my kids in, in my household, I kind of say, okay, these are the things that we want you to do. Mm -hmm. um, not because, you know, we're, we're having them pay rent or anything like that. <laughs> not but, yet, but yeah, not yet, exactly. Not yet. <laughs> exactly. But, but the, these are the things that we've, guidelines that we've set as ways that they can um, progress in their life and, and ways to show their love as well. You know, so obedience is, the, the, the core of obedience is, is love. But I think hmm. obedience is also, it's like a muscle. It's something that you have to exercise. Right. Mm. Because if you are just doing your own thing or just following these, these tasks, right. mm -hmm. you have no true connection to them. Right. But if someone is saying, you should do this because it's gonna, it's a righteous thing to do mm. or it's the best thing for you to advance in your spiritual in the spiritual warfare, right. now you have a choice. Right. Like, do I want to go left and not obey what, what, the, what the word is saying, or do I want to go right and actually follow? But by going right, I have to obey, and then I have to develop these said relationships. Right. Mm. Right. Marcellus, what do you say about the law and love? How do you see that? How do you see that they come together? Christ. They come together in Christ. And he says right here that he's the fulfillment of the law. Mm -hmm. And in Christ, you literally have um, God coming to live in sin, like coming to mm. be sin for us. Mm. Um, that, and that's love. That's, and really, you what he's doing all in this whole section, in, this whole, in the Sermon on the Mount, is correcting the misinterpretations that we have about the law. 
pretty much. You brought up the Sabbath, or we, we brought it up several times. Mm. Um, their, their, their interpretation included a way that was very selfish. Right. Um, mm. And I, I'm not sure that they even meant to do that. I think we do that a lot now, where yes. it's just like rest means I rest. Right. <laughs> I get rest. Mm -hmm. God created the Sabbath because he rested, so I'm going to let you guys rest. Exactly. And that's what the whole ordinance is. God could rest any time, but he set up this day where we could rest. Mm. And so Jesus comes and he starts to pass out rest on the Sabbath. <laughs> and we've misunderstood it so much that we're not, we're not comfortable with it. We're not okay with that. And he's trying to correct this misinterpretation of, of the law, of God, of everything. He's fulfilling it. Mm -hmm. Fulfilling it, meaning that he is completing it. Mm -hmm. He's showing then, he said, you've been doing pretty good but now you really need me. And let me show you how, how to really live a life in me, with me, through me, that's gonna be much more freedom than just saying, I can't pick up this donkey or I have to do this, mm -hmm. which is just looking at themselves, which is what we, like you said, which is what we do. We look at ourselves, we look at this list, we do these things, but there's really no feeling or effort to it. There's really no love and no basis of, hmm, I'm doing all of these things or some of these things that I'm doing. I'm not necessarily getting rid of them, but I'm doing them now because I can really see the Savior who came to die for me, hmm. the Savior who came because he loves me, the Savior who came and became sin, was put into the midst of sin, all of these things because he loves us, which is just truly, truly, truly amazing. Why did Jesus emphasize that the kingdom of God has come? Why was he emphasizing that the kingdom of God has come? What do you think? That's something that I, <laughs> that I struggle with that a little bit, mm. and I, I still don't have a really, really good answer. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Marcellus or... I would say because he came, because he, if he's the fulfillment of the law, he's, mm -hmm. he's the Christ, he's Messiah, he's what we've all been waiting for, this kingdom of God, the thing that you've all been waiting for, mm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. This is, it's now, mm -hmm. this is happening, and I'm trying to get all of you guys to see it. Yeah. Right. And... Most of them don't. So a lot of them, there are th those that do, but right, right. I think I, it's I think it has to do it's with um, you're, it, you kind of hit right on the the edge of it as well. It's before this time, pretty much what they were reading were were the words of the prophets, so, or they had heard um, prophecy before. But now here comes Jesus, who says, "I am the way, mm. the truth, and the life. Here is hope. Here is everything, the fulfillment of everything that's been talked about." up to this time. You've been wondering before, now, here it is, in flesh and blood, reality, right in front of you, bam. So let's, you know, so now, here is your understanding of this thing. If you've got any questions, here I am. Mm -hmm. You know, so that for me, when he says the kingdom of God has come, that's just the reality, the fulfillment of it in his presence. Do you kind of sometimes see the difficulty though in those that were living during that time to accept it? Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. if you think of us now, I mean, just mm -hmm. a comparison of, now, of us nowadays, I mean, we have a whole book here that kind of tells us that and still it's kind of hard for us to accept it. Right. Mm -hmm. but just how do you find yourself accepting what Christ has laid out before us? <laughs> I think it's a lot of faith. Oh, like yeah. that's, mm -hmm. that's all that it is. Mm -hmm. You can't be a follower, you can't be a believer without faith. Mm -hmm. Without faith, excuse me. And I always process Jesus, Jesus on earth, right? So right. I envision that he was sort of a, a meek individual or right. just quiet guy, but mm -hmm. he had to be a powerful orator. Right. 
you know. So, you know, think of some of the popular pastors now. Right. People are like jamming churches. I don't know if people were really jamming the mount to look up at Jesus while he was speaking. You know, this is probably the person who yeah, knows. They were. Well, but I'm saying, but yeah. but when when yeah. we look at folks now, yeah. you know, we, we're like, oh, you know, why, why is it? Why does he have so much fame? But I think. I think what Jesus, he always brought it back to the word right. mm -hmm. and never to himself. Right. And right. I think that's what, that's what makes me a little bit right. more comfortable believing because at no point did Jesus ever say, look, I have these skills right. and you know, I'm here, I'm here to, I'm here to give you, give you a little bit of information. I see it different, man. I think Jesus was a rock star. Really? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think that, I think there was a, there's a level of meekness in that he didn't, he wasn't arrogant okay. about what he did, mm. but I think anytime he went someplace, any, people literally hung on his words. I mean, there was, you, you talk about, you're not sure that there was a crowd. There was the, the story where Jesus, there was so much of a crowd that Jesus walked to this to the to the to the Sea of Galilee, and he said, "Hey, just give me your boat." He didn't even know the guy. Just give me your boat, and he kind of pushed pushed them out so that he could get away from the crowd. And he tried to get away and go across, mm -hmm. and the people followed him all the way around this, chasing him, mm -hmm. chasing him for days. And he was literally tired. And we read these stories in the Bible, and, and it's just like a story to us. We don't really put the the human feelings mm -hmm. onto it sometimes. And so, yeah, I, I think he was really somebody that, um, as, as Janelle is saying, man, if we were there, if I was in that time, this is, um, if I was to put social media in that time, I mean, he would, he, people all over <laughs> Instagram. Like five million followers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. His follower count on Twitter would probably be exactly. through the roof. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. But he also for a while. A... I mean, but it would be through the roof for a while until he said, I mean, how comfortable would we be with possibly some of the things that we know some of these things now, but if he laid out some of these things and now he's saying, you've been doing all of this and it's not that it's bad or it's wrong, mm. but I really want you to change your perspective on why you're doing it right. and, and a little bit of how you're doing it. Um, I want you to connect this to, to the father, mm -hmm. to the father who, who loves you, he created you and he's given you these things. And so I want you to, to understand that what you do starts in your heart. Mm. It starts here in your heart. I mean, because a lot of times, like you said, we started off with the checklist, and we do live a life by checklist. When we right. wake up, most of the times you hear on these things, start, first thing you should do every day is do your to-do list. Right. Right? I mean, we have a to-do list. When we go back, we probably have to-do lists we've thought about right before we started this show. Right. Today, yeah. Yeah. we have some things we have to do. And Jesus is like, you know, there's nothing wrong per se with the to-do list, but if it's for the wrong reasons, right. check it and change it. And sometimes that's difficult for us to change and to do um, and to adjust to that. Let me ask you a question. In what ways did Jesus challenge us to keep the law even more strictly than the Pharisees? Wow. <laughs> I think it was with love. Right. Like everything mm -hmm. that, every, every rule, quote unquote, that he said that we should be doing always came from a basis right. of love and not that you should just do it because someone is telling you to right. do it. So I think exactly. that's, what, that's what's different from the Pharisees. The Pharisees were following it on a philosophical or maybe an educational tip mm -hmm. where he was telling the, the, the new followers, you need to be following because of the love that you have for God and right. the love that you have for mankind. That's exactly. the only way that you can truly ascend. At least that's my opinion. 
Because, yeah. you know, Paul talks about it. I mean, that's probably one of some of the greatest things that he talked about was um, dying to self. Mm -hmm. Right. Being able to die to self. I mean, every day that we wake up, we're trying to die to self. We're trying to kill ourselves and to live in the spirit, live in Christ, which is to kill, you know, I'm doing this just because I have to. So I may not really love my job right now, but I know that my job is still serving Christ because mm -hmm. whatever I'm doing, I'm doing for him. Right. So now I have to go back and now pray, readjust our hearts, mm -hmm. come in with a good attitude. Sometimes when your supervisor may be, ah, and do, <laughs> I mean, because this is real. It's, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not always easy to just say, I'm doing this from my heart. We hear that a lot. Right. But how easy is it? I mean, is it, what do you, is it easier for a heart or for a ritual? What do you say, Marcellus? <laughs> I, think, I think they both have their, their separate difficulties. Yeah. And that's something that I see um, that we, as we've been talking about, I forgot what it was that you said, but it made me think <laughs> of um, these people, these people saw Jesus. Like they, they, they had the personal relationship right. and that they saw his person. Mm -hmm. And, but it was difficult for a lot of them to believe. Right. to have faith that he is this person. They wanted to, and some of them did, and some of them would, and he'd have followers that would leave and stop believing at some point. But I think faith was a harder issue for them, mm -hmm. whereas us, we already can't see. Mm -hmm. And so when we're told, hey, you know, there's someone behind that door, we're like, oh, I can't see behind the door, so all right, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Right. And so I think um, that it's a completely different issue. Now, that's not to say that either is, is right superior, yeah. because right. Jesus right. clearly mentions um, that as he challenges us that the requirements aren't what you think they are. You think that don't lust. Now I'm saying like, if you even look, mm. you've already, the requirement is, is much bigger. Right. I'm the fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So mm. you can't just do this. Right. That's a good point. That's a very good point because it's just, it's now changing away from just being on the surface, mm -hmm. but it's saying like, you know, he said, like he says in the Sermon on the Mount with murder, if you think about killing someone in your, in your mind, You've already murdered them. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say, well, I haven't murdered anyone. Yeah. I haven't fornicated. I haven't done these things. What are you thinking in your mind, which could convert to your heart? So Absolutely. where's your heart? Where's this, where's this connection? Where's the lining up? Right. Because even if you're thinking it, then you're, you're off basis. What, Bobby, you look like, Robert, you look at something on your mind. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm good. You, you, you got, you're on a roll. Yeah. Good roll. Yeah. Um, Ellen White says something that is really, really key that I just love. She says that love is the binding principle mm. in God's law. How does that speak to you? What does that say to you? Love is the binding principle in God's law. What does that say in any, in any form? What does that mm. say to you? I think it's similar to the, co the comment that I made earlier about faith. I think you need faith mm -hmm. and love mm -hmm. right. to be a Christian. Right. Like, without those two, I just think it's... Right. It's almost like a waste, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, for me, it says, it says simply that he created a law because he loves us. Mm. He's a loving God, isn't yeah. he? Mm. He's yeah. an awesome God. Yeah. I want to thank you all so much for being here today. This was absolutely awesome. And, you know, we're looking forward to having some more talks about the God, about the God that we love and we serve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's SabbathSchoolU, the letter U, dot org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Janelle.